The following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. There's been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. See, if I had prepared more for this, I would have had like the CBS March Madness theme, like really ready, really ready to go. But we do this once a week. We just walk in, we open up the microphones, we play a an open, which I think was basically what prevented us from getting this going even sooner. It's because I didn't produce anything for it. But. That's just the way we go, and you're getting on a plane in what? Seven, what, eight hours yeah, from what now? What time is it? 5.30? 5.42. Yeah, plane leaves about another 12 hours. I'll be on a plane. So, wow. Yeah. Excited? Oh, yeah. Not excited I've, about getting up at 2 o'clock in the morning to drive to Milwaukee. Tell but, me about it. You know? Yeah, well. That's what you do for you have, fun in the sun. Yes, you have good reason to be doing so. This is the Vegas getaway edition of the Intentional Foul. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Subscribe wherever podcasts are found. And it's also the tournament edition as well, because it starts in earnest on Thursday. Okay, first of all, settle this for me. I don't care what organization says or who classifies it. Is the first round to you the first four? No. It's the round of... It, it's, it's 32. They're, they're right? playing games. Right. That's what it, they are. It's like what we have at the high school level. For the regional quarterfinals. Yeah, they're playing games. Right? You know, okay. You, you guys the fact are... that they say that that's the first round and then the second round is when there's 32 games. No. 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 And I don't know why because they want to be all inclusive. They were, Well, you've already made the tournament. Well, you're making us work a little extra hard to really get it. Yeah, you made the, you made the little tournament before the tournament starts, basically. Why did they settle on 16 seeds and 11 seeds? I'm not sure. Do we know that? Is that every year? I don't pay attention that hard. Well, really, they should just do all 16 seeds, but they don't want to, again, they don't want to do that to the little school and hurt their feelings because heaven forbid that feelings were hurt. If you won your conference tournament and then you found out they put you in a play-in game, I'd be kind of pissed. Right. Right. Wouldn't I mean wouldn't you it's not well the not thing about that, it too you're gonna have to play a one seed regardless and now you're making us play an extra game to get to the one seed? Well and like last night Belmont beat yeah, Temple, Temple and eleven they, they kept saying it's Belmont's first ever NCAA tournament no, win. It's like no. eh, eh, is, is it real I don't know. Not really. That's kind of where I'm at. I don't you know, I mean it's, it's y- just, you beat a team that probably shouldn't have been in the tournament. So, because yeah. they're in this game. Right. You know, it's a, I don't know. It's kind of stupid. No, I, I, I'm just, glad that you're. There's a lot of stupid out there in the sports world these days. <laughs> and that's just one of them. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I, it's one of those things where they, they had 64 teams, mm-hmm. perfect number. Um, and then they wanted to expand it. Why they settled on 68, Eight. I don't. Get I mean because they would only if you have to create a more in, in order to not give any buys and I mean, you know you have to I don't I just think that anytime you add it. anytime you add to this kind of stuff 
Um, you, you take a little bit of the shine off of it, in my opinion, because it used to be, I mean, it's still a very big deal for a lot of these schools to make it, but the more teams that make it, the less luster it really sure. holds. So I understand. Now, does that, does that work for the college football playoff as well? If you expand well, that? I, I think that because too, there's still so many, so few teams, I narrow. guess you'd have to okay. do it by percentage because there's so many less college foot. I mean, there's like 360 D1 basketball teams where there's like 120 football. So, you know, whatever percentage 68 is of yeah. 360, I guess, you know. Somehow balances out. Yeah. Kind of, sort of. I guess. All right. We'll get to the tournament uh, in just a bit. Uh, we'll talk about the Bucks. We got the Brewers, some possible big news as well. Um, and then uh, Dan's got his top five uh, memorable March Madness moments because my brain does not think of those things. Unless I'm going to do research, I'm just going to steal it from somebody else. Like, oh, yeah, I guess that's pretty good. And I can't remember last year's tournament, let alone top five of all time. And I know you're kind of like an idiot savant in that in that way. And, and that, I have the Internet, so that, it works that is, really well. I just said that I'd be stealing from somebody else. I'd have to look just top lists or whatever, and I, and I okay. I mean, you're the basketball guy here. It's, I mean, painfully obvious. So you want to start with the NFL? Sure. All right. You got two Packers that are now ex-Packers. Yeah. And that, and that went down in the last 24, 48 hours-ish. I was a little surprised to read that in the paper uh, this morning. I was not. Well, I just didn't hear anything about them taking visits, so I was. You oh know. well, that that's maybe they took the first one. They yeah, I don't know. I mean, Nelson's been to Seattle, right? You know, guys have been happened. guys have been going around visiting a little bit. I hadn't right. heard that Cobb was going to visit the Cow Cowboys, right? Yeah, no, he. It was reported on a, in only a tweet, like there was no big media attention in saying he's going to visit the Cowboys today, and then that night he signed a deal. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it was fairly quickly. Well, both signings make a ton of sense for the teams that signed them. Oh, I think the Rams, that's an awesome signing well, for them. Yeah, I, I mean, mean if, they got, if he's got anything left. Well, it's a guy that you're just, you can just play him on passing downs. Yeah. And he's um, surrounded by a lot of good guys on that defense. That's right. already good. Right. So he's probably going to be single covered most of the time. He's not going to have to deal with, you know, any kind of a double or, or a any chip kind or of a game like plan. Yeah. And with Cobb going to uh, the Cowboys, I they, mean, they just a lost Beasley. Yep. So mm -hmm. he'll he'll fit in pretty good but, there. If But the thing with both of those guys is neither one of them can play a full season. So I did I, last year. You know, with guys like that. And, uh, you know, it kind of goes back to the whole Zion thing, and this is a little tongue-in-cheek with, with with basketball players, but it's like, if you guys can't play a full season, then don't play until halfway through. I mean, if, if you know, if Randall Cobb can't play 16 games, then piss on the first six games. Give me your give me your best 8 to 10. Yeah. You know? Right. I mean, they're not going to do that, but... No, but you know, I understand it, what you're saying. <laughs> I mean, these guys, the last couple of years, Cobb's been hurt constantly. I mean, I, and I know it's apples to oranges, but, I mean, it's the same way that Braun has yeah, well, yeah, days they, built in because did, yeah. when they needed him for the stretch run last year, he didn't miss a day. Right. When, you know, people are bitching in April and May, you need a day off already. Yeah. Are you serious? Well, it's not really that. It's it's about the long haul. Well, Council even know. said that's why it's partially why we build in those days. Right. Because it it's less of a chance to break down, and then when you really need him, he's got stuff left. Well, and as these guys get a little older, it makes right. sense. I mean, I, I get LeBron sitting out now that he's in year 16. What I don't get is, you know, Kawhi Leonard in year 7. 
Yeah. You know, Giannis in year six. Speaking of that, and we'll get to the Bucks in a minute. That's um, the stuff that kind of drives you nuts. Did you see the guy who, or woman, I don't even know, who paid on StubHub $6,900 for two courtside seats for the Lakers game? What, last night? Yeah. Oh, no. And Giannis and LeBron both weren't there. Yeah, no, I was talking to somebody yesterday that had, that had some friends that were going to that game. But, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, unfortunately, Giannis is le- right. was legit. It's he, an injury. He legitimately yes. rolled his ankle on Sunday. Yep. And, yeah, the LeBron thing, I mean, it's it's a little disappointing. I, I've i always been a proponent. If you're going to sit your guys, you should do it at home. Mm-hmm. Um, especially a guy like LeBron, where you know you only get to go to Milwaukee once a year now. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's you know they don't really yeah. think about that no, stuff. So no. getting back to a Matthews and Cobb, I think you basically hit it right on the head. It's can you stay healthy? Can you get? And even then, Matthews was you could say he was probably a good talent on a bad defense, and that's maybe why his production was down because it's a lot more easy to game plan just for him or you know, a little bit more surrounding him because you're not worried about anybody else either up front or coming in to rush the passer. And he had his lowest production level for 16 games. He only had three and a half sacks. Right. Um, he leaves the fran- leaves as the franchise sacks leader. Uh, okay, great. Um, and that was only in a decade. So, I mean, it's not like he spent, you know, his whole career, 15, 16 seasons or whatever. Um, but I, you know, you saw my tweet today. I think Cobb leaves his... Just a guy, pretty much. I think he was. I think he was a pleasant supply, surprise early in his career, yeah. and then I think he, as he, as it went on, he became a disappointment. I think it was 2014. He had a 90 catch season for over a thousand yards and a boatload of touchdowns. And ever since yeah, then, he never even came close. No, it's injuries and production yeah. went down. So, I mean, my whole thing, and I, you're seeing this a lot. You saw it with the Jordy thing just recently as last year. You, you now you're seeing it with Matthews and Cobb. There's just so much emotional attachment to these players that well we can't let him go. You got to resign him. And me looking at it's like why Matthews didn't give you anything last year. You just signed a couple of pass rushers. You, obviously for what for what Gutekinds thinks that Matthews has left, it's not worth the two years seventeen million that the Rams just gave him. I'm sorry, I want to have a defense that is starting to kick ass. And if he can't do it anymore, business is business. Am I going to you know, am I going to miss his personality? Am I going to miss that fact he's seems like a good teammate and a good guy? Yeah, okay. But that doesn't help you win games necessarily. So I mean, it does that none of this bothers me. It's the business of football and they're trying to get better. Whether it works or not is debatable and we'll find out, but that's what they're trying to do. This doesn't. I don't get the. Well, how do? What's his? What's his uh, legacy going to be? And uh, what do you think the quarterback thinks? And are you sad? And I, so what? Well, I think the emotional part of it plays, especially into Packer fans because it's small town and and it's and la- they're all and, owners and largely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And largely, it's a football issue more so than like a basketball or baseball. I don't know why that is, um, but you know, living in this state, uh, Packer fans get way more bent out of shape about something yeah. like that than they ever would about you know a Brewer or a Buck leaving. With uh, the ex- un, un, you know, unless when, it's Giannis or Yelich, 
or Braun. I don't think there's anybody on either of those teams that people would have any kind of a visceral, emotional reaction to them I leaving. I saw a tweet today when somebody was looking to come up with a comparison in the past when somebody had left the team, and somebody brought up Molitor. A bigger star. Bigger star and still in his prime. A late prime. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Molitor went on and became, was the World Series MVP. I don't see Clay Matthews being the MVP of the Super Bowl next right. year. No. no. Um, so I, I get it, but yeah, there's not really a, a comparable comp. I mean, Molitor is kind of like on the Favre pantheon of that's just a little different. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm very happy to see um, them both leave. Um, you know, Cobb <laughs> well, Cobb was a little bit of a bear killer. Yes, you know, he had some of his most memorable yep, games and catches were against ca- the yeah, Bears. That's right. And um, if I never have to see that moron Clay Matthews dump water on himself and flick his hair like a 14 year old girl again, uh, that will be just fine with me. <laughs> okay. Best of luck to you, Rams. All right. So Rams get Matthews. Cowboys get Cobb. And Green Bay goes to Dallas this year, so there'll be a little bit of a reunion uh, there. And yeah, it'll be fun to watch Cobb on the sidelines and sweat Riding pants. the bike yeah. or something like w- that. Watching the game. Sure. Watching Dak run for his life. I don't know what week that'll be. Throwing uh, the ball at people's feet. <laughs> Bears sign HaHa Clinton Dix. Yeah. Where, uh, are you, where are you on this? Because, I like it, actually. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I thought last year when the Packers traded him, it was very strange. Um, I don't remember what they got, a late-round pick, maybe. I think it was maybe. a fourth, um, I think. You know, I, I I didn't really get that at the time. No, especially um, when the defense is so bad and he ranked as one of the yeah, he's, top he's, guys in pro football focus. You know, he's not Ed Reed, but he's not Chris Conti either. Um, so he's fine. I think he is um, – I, I don't know that I would call him an upgrade from from losing Amos, I, He's but he's not a downgrade. I think they're very similar in what they bring. Um, I'd much rather have HaHa on a one-year $4 million deal than a four-year $40 million deal like the Packers got with Amos. Mm -hmm. And the fact that HaHa and Eddie Jackson played in the same backfield in Alabama, they seem to be very tight. Um, At least you've got a little, uh, you know, cohesion there where it's not, you're not going to have a big learning curve. So um, for what it's worth, it's a low-risk move for the Bears. If it doesn't work out, they could... They could kick him to the curb in week right. five and be out basically nothing. Um, it's a show me contract, which we've kind of seen a lot of guys around the league are getting right now. And uh, you know, if he has a good year, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bears kept him around long term, three year deal, yeah. something like that. Um, if it doesn't work out, he'll move on, and and you know they'll go I, on to the next one. I was just surprised at the excitement of some Bears fans that I know about signing Clinton Dix after he got booted from the Packers for a fourth-round pick and then went to a team that had an okay defense in the Redskins but couldn't stay on the field even though he was healthy. And they booted him to the curb, and then people sign, and then he signs with Chicago, and everybody's thinking, this is great. Well, why couldn't he stay on the field in Washington? Well, I And now you're going to throw him in there? I would think of all the sports, I think, it would be the most difficult to be traded in the middle of the season in football, um, just to just to be able to catch up. Um, I, and I mean, it's it's the Redskins. I mean, who the hell has gone to the Redskins and improved? No, that's true. So okay. um, that's kind of where careers go to die. I also thought it was very. And, and let me just say, sure. any Bear fan that's doing cartwheels over this is a moron. <laughs> it's it's a it's a it's a safety. Yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, but great. He might have a couple picks. He's not going to be the season changer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, nice player, I just serviceable guy. thought it was also interesting. You really see the, I guess, not the unevenness or the hometownish sort of attitudes. Like, now you've got all the Packers journalists that I generally read saying that Chicago's going to regret this and Clinton Dix wasn't that good a player. You've got the Bears journalists saying this is a quality guy. It's an upgrade over Amos, and this is a fantastic signing just because of the one-year formula or whatever that they gave. And it's like, so now you've got these guys saying, well, he wasn't any good. That's why they traded him. And now the Bears are saying, well, he's, he's really good because he's available and we got him. And I, I just don't. I'm like, can't there be some sort of objective, down-the-line, middle-of-the-road, no bias that says, is this good or not? Take the contract out of it. It That is a good deal. Is he a good player? Is he a good fit? Tell me that. Because right now, both sides are saying different things, and he already played for one, and the other side is excited to get him. That doesn't sell many uh, papers, but... Um, I I just don't understand that. Yeah, I I think any Packer writer that would tell you that he's not a good player is being disingenuous. I I I just you know th- that's that that's that you know butt covering that Packer beat writers have been doing for years for that organization. Um, and for a Bear fan to say I, I haven't really I haven't read or seen any Bear writer have anything negative to say about Amos because there's really nothing negative to say. Big Ten guy, late round pick. Came in, won the starting job as a rookie, and has been a nice player for four years. Mm-hmm. Done everything that's been asked. Nobody's of him. been bad mouthing Amos. Yeah, they're I, just really I, excited yeah. about Clinton Dix. To say he's an upgrade over Amos, I, I, I don't know. I, I I'm not into the nuts and bolts of schemes and mm. this and that about a, a safety on a football field because it's just not usually that important of a spot. Um, but yeah, for for three four million bucks, it's such a low risk um, move. I, I, I don't know. I, I I don't know that anybody should be, like I said, anybody should be doing cartwheels over it, mm-hmm. but you know, it's it's a low risk move. If it doesn't work out, they'll go get somebody else. I'm yeah. sh- I'm certain they'll draft um defensive back help. Um and free agency's not over. Still make a trade, still make a, a signing somewhere else. The Matthews and the know. Cobb were into the second yeah, tier and gonna sure. get into the third tier yep. in the next few weeks. So yep. that that stuff will continue. But you know that how the, that goes. Sometimes you get a guy uh a second, third tier guy in football and he was just miscast somewhere else and he, you know, they can go to a new team and and not saying they're going to be pro bowlers, but they can be significant contributors and yeah. um, you know, I mean, uh, those guys are kind of all over the place. It's just you got to find them. You got to plug them into the right situation. And I mean, you know, Packers signed Byron Bell for the offensive line very late in the offseason. And he wound up through a matter of injuries or just, you know, being available and right. being able to handle the job. He wound up being a starter. Right. And he was okay. I mean, right. it was fine. Right. But it's one of those guys where you're like, oh, he was still available. Nobody wanted him or whatever. Well, there are guys like that out sure. there that you can just plug in. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be world beaters, but. At least you'll. They're, they're band aids. They right, can. Yes. They can. They yep. can hold the fort Absolutely. down and not kill you while you're waiting for something else better to come along. Sounds like uh, Antonio Brown and uh, Le'Veon Bell kind of did the DeLorean fire tracks out of town and left some really big dust in the yeah, lake. Yeah, it's been 
kind of interesting hearing their comments about Roethlisberger. And, you know, I don't necessarily disagree with a lot of what they say. I mm-hmm. believe that Roethlisberger probably does think he's the man and that he runs the team. Sure. And, but, you know, that is um, pretty typical of a, of a Super Bowl winning star quarterback. And to me, that's more of an organizational. It's the same thing with the Packers with Rodgers. If if all the stuff that people say about Rodgers and Roethlisberger is true, yeah, you can look at them and call them assholes. But really, you need to be looking at the front office and saying, why are you why allowing, are you allowing this? Yeah. this to happen? Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, why are you allowing your thirty-seven-year-old quarterback who's who's got? I mean, Roethlisberger is not on the Tom Brady diet. He's going to be out of the league in the next three years because he's just a big, yeah, big frame big guy. dude. Yep. He's not going to play till he's forty-five. So yep. you've got a two to three year window with him. Why are you letting him run these guys out? You know, why are you letting him feud with why with your offensive coordinator? You know, um, so that kind of stuff. I I I don't have a big problem with with these guys saying you know coming out and and talking about he fumbles on purpose. I, I take a little issue with that. Um, I, now you're calling my integrity into question, right? Um, and you can't really prove that. So I don't know I, that, that I, I can't remember which one of them said that, but, um, that kind of bugged me a little bit because now you're, now you're basically telling everybody that I'm not invested in the actual game, right? Which I, I don't, You've be- been I don't Super believe Bowls. that you won you won Super Bowls. Nobody would. No, think that you're trying to throw games now after you've been to the top. But you know, I, I think it was Bell said. You know, he he bashed him. He bashed Roethlisberger, but he also you know praised him a little bit. But the one thing he said that was interesting was he said Roethlisberger wants to win and he wants to lead, but he wants to do it his way. Well, that's because his way has worked. Your way hasn't worked, and you you also play a position that. Like it or not, it's not that big of a deal anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, a lot of teams in the last 10, 15 years have won Super Bowls. I mean, who's the running backs for the two Giants Super Bowl team? Brandon Jacobs? Right. Ahmad Bradshaw? I, I mean, look at the Patriot teams that have won. It's amazing the Packer to me. Year. Yes. What, Starks? How many I mean, contracts were thrown out for running backs way back in the day? Yeah. And you see a lot of the first round in the NFL draft. You wanted that awesome running back. And usually there were three or four of them taken. Now you're lucky maybe if you get the pinnacle guy in the first round. And that's it. Mm-hmm. There's only one. Even though it might be a deep class because they're just not. Well, the guy that sticks out to me from when we were kids was Kijana Carter. Mm-hmm. I remember when the Bengals oh, yeah. took him Absolutely. second. They gave him a monster contract. He immediately got hurt. Blow, blew up. And yep. then he was done. Yep. Um, you know, even last year, Saquon Barkley had one of the great years a rookie running back has ever had. I think he is going to be a great player for the next six to eight years. But they probably took the wrong guy. Oh, absolutely. They probably should have taken Sam Darnold. Yes. So, you know, when you're yes. talking about these 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 running back, wide receiver, diva position guys that get pissed off at the quarterback because they're not giving them the ball enough, it's like, well, but you're replaceable. He's not. You know? It's look, a lot. Look, it's look a, around the league. It's a lot easier to find one of those guys. Yeah. And even in a late round. For sure. I mean, yeah, there's Antonio Browns in the draft right now. Yes. 
They, it's again, it's just a matter of who picks you, what's the fit, and all that right, stuff. Exactly. But yes, he's in this draft. Roethlisberger ain't in this draft. Aaron Rodgers ain't in this draft. Now, a kid, a Kyler Murray or somebody may end up being really good, but to say they're going to be that, nah. Are you willing to wager like a lot of your franchise no. on that? And that's the problem when you miss on that and you think they're the next one of those guys that could be on the Mount Rushmore and they're not and you fail miserably, you set your team back a few seasons. There's no question. Where if you if you take a chance on a wide receiver, if you, you know, go high for a Darius Hayward Bay or something, you could still get a couple of guys that can help your team elsewhere. It's just that that guy is not going to be as good. He's not going to crush your team for the next three seasons. Well, look at the Cardinals. You know, they take a quarterback last year. He plays 12 games and they go, eh. Now they're going to draft another one. Another one. Where if they had drafted Saquon Barkley last year and he had not been very good, they weren't going to draft a running back this year. No. They were going to be like, okay, well, we, we, we got to go get some other we help. We need an upgrade on you that. Know? We no. got to get some help around everybody. Right. Can't just worry about this position. He might be good if we give him some more offensive linemen or a better quarterback or some more wide receivers or a tight end. Right. You know, it, that's that. if you're not, yeah. Nope, you're right. You are absolutely right. All right. Over to hoops. We got a lot of hoops until we get to baseball. We'll start with the Bucks. Awesome game. Tough yeah. game to watch on Sunday. Yeah, you were there. Yeah, it was good. Man, Those the seats were great. The atmosphere was great. Um, How long did you stay? Did you stay the full game? Or? No, I think I texted you. I think when they got down 12 in the fourth quarter. Okay. It was early on. They went on a little bit of a run. Bucks called timeout. And I think that's when a lot of the people got up and said, all right, this sure. is kind of it. And we, I, you know. We had kind of had our fill, and we need to get home to the girls. But uh, wife have a good time. Yes, she thought the arena was really impressive. Um, thought the little area that now all those bars and restaurants and stuff that are finished right outside that's that's a really cool area um, to be in. Just there's something about that area now. It's just kind of exciting. It's got a little bit of a buzz to it, it now, does. you know. And that's what they were. That's what they promised. When this whole arena thing came up, was like, hey, look, we're not just going to build an arena. We're going to build a little community down here. And it was cold to hear that it's going well. So in the area that we went to between those two new construction uh, pieces where they have that big screen, and all those picnic tables. Mm -hmm. When we left, there were actually guys that had been um, in one of the establishments that were out there watching college basketball Mm -hmm. in that area. And they were, you know, just kind of goofing around, whatever. I can only imagine what that will be like. When it's a little bit warmer. Oh, for I mean, you I get into May awesome. with the right. playoffs. Yes. That's going to be hopping out there. It's yes. going to be pretty cool. So, do you know what they're putting in place of the Bradley Center? Is it going to be a parking structure? I don't, I don't know that it's been decided yet. Okay, I think a lot of people are hoping it's a parking structure, um, but we'll see. We'll see. Paid the most I've ever paid for parking. Don't yeah, where'd you park? A couple blocks away. Okay, okay. Got park at the Hyatt, man. That's a good spot. Really, it's two blocks. Uh, yeah. Well, we didn't. We need. I think to it's get like fifteen in. bucks. It's oh, not yeah. too bad. That's the way way north of that. But that's <laughs> that's all right. Um, but man, you should. I mean, you were probably watching. I, would I assume. was. Yes. Yes. It was you, a nice appetizer before the brackets came out. You couldn't hear how quiet the place was when Giannis went down. Oh, I bet. I you. Bet. I mean, you know, they say the pin drop thing. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. And for an arena that is almost every seat is filled, I mean, they, they set the attendance record, I think, in that game. And it was unbelievably quiet. Unbelievably. Well, obviously, he's the franchise. So, you, yes. that, you know, there's that. But, you know, 
There's some fresh scars, man. I mean, Jabari Parker's blown his knee out twice. twice. You know, Andrew yeah. Bogut's arm fell off at the Bradley Center a couple years ago when they were making their run. I mean, Michael Red blew his knee out in his prime. So, which by the way, it was kind of rough to see the Bradley Center in pieces. Yeah, well, when you walk, I know it's it's part of the upgrade yeah. and whatever. But having been to many different events there, just being able to see into the concourse where right. you walked up in the elevator and it's there's just chunks of concrete everywhere, just kind of sad. Anyway. I, it would be interesting to see if. Um, if Vinny Mac could coax Foley Mick Foley out of retirement for like a rock mankind oh. half demolished arena, arena match, match. <laughs> that would be amazing. God, wouldn't that be that something? That would be amazing. Come on, Vince. That would be great. See, no, no Mick Foley. Get me on the writing staff. Man. Let's go. Uh, they were already without Brogdon. They put Miritich in. He did squat. Uh, in place of him, DJ Wilson came in. He threw up his first shot was an air ball, and I was like, "Oh, great! Nothing was gonna go right." But since then, just the now the wounded has just started to pile up even more. Yeah, I, I, on Sunday, I mean, the Bucks only end up losing that game by five. Giannis yeah. has fifty-two, and the Bucks shoot about eight percent from the three-point line. It's awful without Brogdon, and like you said, they got nothing out of Miritich. So, actually, I came away from that game pretty encouraged. Okay. Um, then the other night. Watching the game, yeah, now Miritich is out two to four weeks with a broken left thumb. Yes. Um, thankfully, it's on his non-shooting hand, which will hopefully you know facilitate him coming back a little quicker. They can they can do some things with splints on that to help him catch, but um, at least it's not on his shooting hand. And, yeah, Brogdon, the Brogdon injury is is big. Um, Plantar fascia. Yeah. I, I had that in college. I did not tear it. Uh, but I had some plantar fascia issues in college in my heel, and it it's, you know, when it's in its painful stages, it's almost kind of like walking just straight on bone. That pad on your foot is kind of ground down to nothing. Um, so it's very painful. He had been playing through it, and uh, unfortunately he tore that. Sounds like, you know, depending on how the first round goes, um, you know, maybe at the end of that, but probably second round, you're looking for him to come back. Um, if you're a Buck fan, you kind of got to hope that the Boston Indiana series, which is the four or five now, plays which out is a little bit longer. Seven gamer, yeah, and it very well might be. Um, so the longer that could stretch out, the better for the Bucks. But you know, Sterling Brown's still been down with the with the wrist. Sounds like he's going to be back this week. Uh, DiVincenzo came back for a couple games. Now he's out again. I haven't heard much about that. I don't know if he had a setback or if they're just kind of monitoring him. Um, but because of the, you know, the dearth of guard depth, they end up having to release Christian Wood and sign Tim Frazier, who's not very good. Um, it's unfortunate they had to let Wood go. Um, he's a guy that's kind of right on that border of, you know, he's kind of like the four A guy in baseball, where it's like he he's too good to play triple A or mm-hmm. or in the NBA in the G League, but he's not quite ready for prime time minutes. Stuff, yeah. And uh, somebody will pick him up. He's he's an interesting prospect, but he was just buried behind. I mean, the Bucks got so many big guys. Um, he was a little bit buried. So um, you're kind of in the dog days of the season right now for a lot of these teams. You've, I was surprised to learn that the Bucks only have four road games yeah, left. Yeah, they got a lot of home and, cooking. And tonight's one of them. So, so. that's that's a good thing. Right. Um, you know, the Bucks just got to finish up relatively strong. Try to stay healthy. Keep that one seed. You got you're up. Three games with eleven to go. You'd really have to melt down. And you've got the tiebreaker. And you've got Cleveland t- 
uh, tonight. Yes. And then you've got him again and this weekend. So at home. At home. Yes. Marcus Johnson jersey retirement ceremony night. So those are two games that, you know, you win those two games, you're up three with nine to go. Uh, it'd be hard to hard okay. to not get the number one spot. Right. So um, playoff jockeying going on. The top of the East is starting to shape up a little bit. Um, Toronto looks locked into the two. Philadelphia probably into the three. Boston, Indiana, those two could flip flop four or five. Um, little maneuvering down at the bottom. Bucks are probably looking to play Miami most likely. Um, but you said that's a that's always a matchup issue. Yeah, sometimes it, it, the Bucks will win the series, but it could be a little bit of a grinder. Just the way Miami plays, they're okay. big. They they want to slow it down. They're physical. So and they're then they're very well coached. Um, would be fun to see D Wade play the Bucks in his last series. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe finish up in Milwaukee. That'd be kind of cool. But um, you know, other than that, the West is still pretty jumbled. There's, I think, San Antonio. I think I heard has won nine in a row, and their win last night jumped them from the eight seed to the five seed. So okay. there's only about a game separating a lot of these teams. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see where some of these teams fall. All right, what else do you got on the uh, on the Bucks? Well. There was an article in the Journal Sentinel, I think it was either today or yesterday, I don't remember, talking about Giannis and talking to Giannis about kind of his ascendance in the league here the last couple of years and um, talking about him becoming the, the face of the league and the best player in the league. And, and he had some interesting comments, you know, that were pretty on brand with the, what he does. Um, just talked about, you know, he's thought about it himself. Um, he's had people that have told him he's not American enough, doesn't have enough American swag. And he's like, you know, you know, I, I've thought about that. You know, do I need to do that? Do I need to change? And, and he's basically said, nah, you know, that's not me. You know, if, if I can't be the best player or the face being myself, then I don't, you know, I'm, I'm fine with not being then. Um, See, now the people that I've talked to that aren't necessarily basketball people that aren't huge Bucks fans, the, the little that they know about Giannis and what he talks about and how he goes about his life, they like that mm-hmm. about him. Mm-hmm. They really like that he's not this pompous control freak. Um, That'll got, happen when you don't grow up in the AAU culture. Flashy kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And it's a very down-home, you know, uh, friendly, I want to help my teammates, I'm disappointed when they leave. You know, that kind of a really... It just seems like a good dude. Well, think about it this way. He's he just turned twenty five like, like a month ago, right? Seven years ago, he was living in Greece, I believe Athens. He was selling trinkets on the side of the road for meal money because his family was so poor. He was playing in a I can't even call it second rate, a, a ninth rate YMCA level. Greek basketball league. Now, fast forward to today. He's got a hundred million dollars in his pocket. He's probably going to win the MVP. He's the best guy on the team with the best record in the NBA. He started in three straight all-star games. And he was the captain. This and he year. was the captain this year. He got the most votes in the league. Why is he worried about any of this stuff? Look where he's come from. You know, but a people, lot of some people will forget that. Yeah, but he doesn't. Well, and and he and hasn't. But that's what I like, yes. the fact that he hasn't. Yes. Because people don't, they, they they get to be so high up so quickly that they forget their roots and what they came from, 
and they they need a little perspective check. Sure. You know the, what I the, mean? But the 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 fact that he is foreign is such a big advantage for him uh, in terms of his personality and be in likability. It's it, it's very similar to me to Dirk. Where, you know, Dirk could have easily come over here 20 years ago and when he became a star in like his third or fourth year, he could have been just like everybody else, demanding this and demanding that and being a jerk to the media and whatever. But he never did that because he didn't come up that way, didn't see that. You know, when Giannis was overseas and he was watching NBA games, he was just watching NBA games. He wasn't watching the press conferences and he wasn't watching Stephen A. dissect Kobe said this and Kevin Durant said that these guys in America, they grow up in that culture and you just, it's this oversaturation and you, you, in the pampering as a, as a young player coming up through AAU that, you know, these foreign guys didn't get. And you see the, even like late bloomers, like a Kawhi Leonard, Mm -hmm. nobody knew who the hell that guy was until he was in the NBA. I mean, I remember that he played on San Diego state, but I don't remember him on San Diego state. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, Paul George played at Fresno State. I remember when he was a lottery pick. I was like, who the hell is that? <laughs> but that's kind of why you've seen most of these guys. They don't act as entitled as maybe some of the guys that have been stars since they were 12. Right, that might have, before this, that's jumped why Z- early. and I, I think that's why Zion has been such a breath of fresh air for people because he's not, he's been a star his whole life, but he doesn't act that way. He seems like a very down to earth, humble kid. And maybe it's, you know, he's from the South. So maybe it's a little different from, you know, he didn't grow up in New York city or, or LA. one of these big market areas. Mm-hmm. He's kind of a country boy. Um, so maybe that's a little bit to do with it, but you know, just a very likable guy, you know, and I, it's, it's, you know, it's weird to say, but it's kind of refreshing. In it these is, days, you know, it is. And for somebody like me that doesn't watch a whole lot of hoops, it's nice hearing the guy talk and just the the stuff that he cares about yeah. and just seeing not the pompous arrogance that you're so used to when it's a superstar. Right. You know? Right. So yeah. I like that. All right. Let's get to the tournament. Some college hoops. Let's do it. Uh, Thursday night, you've got Marquette and Murray State. Golden Eagles and the Racers. It's a 5-12. Yep. Um, I don't know anything about Murray State, but apparently they got a really good guy. Yeah, it's it's basically the committee likes to do this in the in the first couple rounds. They like to pit teams against each other. Maybe it's it's player versus player, coach versus coach. Maybe uh, a coach used to coach at the school, or he went or he played at the school, or they they always like to have those little connections. This particular one, it's Marcus Howard versus Ja Morant. Uh, ja Morant averages about twenty six points, ten assists. For Murray State, he's a top five projected lottery pick in the NBA this okay. year. Um, you know, and of course, Marcus Howard's scoring exploits, we've documented mm-hmm. that. So um, kind of a flashy point guard matchup um, that, that's kind of overshadowing the fact that um, Marquette's coming in reeling a little bit, losing five of six. Murray State's been playing well. Um, I do think Marquette will win. Uh, Murray State doesn't have a lot of size. And uh, and they don't have a ton of shooting like Marquette does. I think Marquette, you know, sometimes the best thing for some of these teams is to just finally get, get out, out of the, the conference. conference. I think yep. that's going to help Marquette a lot. I okay. think the Big East at the end, you know, kind of wore them down. The Big East didn't have any great team this year. They didn't have any really bad teams. They had a lot of teams. I think five teams in the league went nine and nine. 
So it really there was a lot of balance there. Yeah, yep, just sure. beating each other up. So I think it's going to be good for them to get out of the league. Um, you know, get getting to play a team like Murray State, who uh, they played in the tournament a couple of years ago. Obviously, different personnel, but you kind of there will be a little familiarity on what is run. Mm-hmm. Um, so and, and it's a it's very big. Uh, it's a very big game for the program. You know, the second time Wojo's got Marquette there in his tenure, they got knocked out in the first round a couple years ago by South Carolina. So um, it would be really nice for the program to be able to get a tournament win. And, uh, you know, once once you get in and you win a game, you know, you projecting ahead, if you looked ahead, they would play Florida State in round sure. two, which if that happened, I don't like Marquette's chances. But you never know. Mm-hmm. They could get knocked off in the first round. So, um should be a fun one, though. Should I think it'll be quite high scoring and, okay. and uh, some pretty exciting things to watch in that one. All right, another five twelve uh, possible upset special. More you're hearing it more and more likely that it will be is Wisconsin and Oregon. Um, Badgers come in after getting fourth in the conference. They bow out in the semifinals to Michigan State. The Ducks are long. They got. I think they start four, six, nine guys. They're on an eight-game winning streak, and I think I saw they're only allowing an average of something like 54 points a game. And for Wisconsin to run into a tough defensive team that they've been shooting very, very poorly um, the last couple of games, this does not, to me, come at the right time for them. At all. This is going to be the polar opposite of the Marquette game. This is going to be a rock fight. First team to 55, I think, wins this game. Um, It's going to, I think it's going to be a very close game. I'm fascinated to see what guard does with Hap at the end of this game. Uh, If it's close and you've got your fifth year All-American senior, I don't know that you can take him off the floor. And if you're Oregon, I don't know that you can't not follow him. him every time you can. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. I still think the Badgers will win. Okay, The Pac-12 was terrible this year. The only reason Oregon is in is because they won the tournament. Um, So I I like the Badger chances, and I think just looking at the bracket, I think if the Badgers can win this game, I think they will win their second game. No matter whether it's Kansas State or UC Irvine or something like that. I I like the draw for the Badgers. There was a lot of complaining from Big Ten country on on their lack of perceived lack of respect, and I think Michigan State has a beef with that, getting stuck in Duke's bracket Mm -hmm. after winning the league and the tournament and beating Michigan three times. I hear somebody, one of the national guys, saying that Izzo might actually like this because he always loves rising to a challenge. Oh, yeah, he's Mr. Adversity. Yes, for sure. But you know what? Still, I think that you got to... You know, if if you're gonna keep that Big Ten title game on the late Sunday afternoon, right. you gotta reward that those guys for winning it. And I think they kind of got screwed. But okay. but back to the Badgers, um, I think they're a little due for for a little bit of a breakout shooting. Okay, um, and by breakout, I mean like thirty eight percent instead of twenty eight percent. It's not gonna be a. They're not gonna drop seventy five right. or something. No, that's fine. But, um, yeah, I, I I like both the both the chances for the for the state teams here at least in the first round. Okay, well let's go around the region. Some uh, interesting matchups, maybe some upset specials. Start in the East. Another five twelve. Mississippi State and Liberty. Yeah, it's the old five twelve. Um, I don't know a lot about Liberty. Uh, Mississippi State, coached by Ben Holland, who used to be the UCLA coach uh, about about ten years ago when they had Westbrook and Kevin Love and that crew of guys. Um, Ben Holland teams are very, very slow. <laughs> so this is one of those games where 
Liberty got hot early and was able to get a lead. It might it, it kind of reminds you of those old Badger teams that they got down by ten and it might as well have been fifty because mm-hmm. they just couldn't score. Um, this this could be one of those games. Okay. Um, Six seed Maryland and the eleven seed Belmont. Yeah, I, I caught a little bit of Belmont last night. Um, the kind of team that could pull an upset. Okay. Um, some some decent size, some and shooting. Maryland has not played very well in the last couple of weeks of the season. I just don't trust their coach. Okay. I don't trust their coach. There are certain guys when you get to tournament time that just always seem to come up small. And Maryland's been one of those teams with with uh, their coach here at the helm. So I, I I don't. If you're looking for an upset in the East region, that might be one to look at. Okay. So the seven seed Louisville against the ten Minnesota. You gotta love the Patino Bowl. Yeah, you gotta love the the former uh, team coached by Patino going up against the current team coached by Patino. Yeah, well, this is what don't, I was saying with the committee. You know, don't tell me, and I'm sorry, you can't convince me that this didn't happen on oh, purpose. Th- I don't think anybody's gonna try to not convince you. I think Seth Davis tried. Well, Seth Davis is an idiot. <laughs> okay, but the, I, this, you know. I think clearly Louisville is the better team. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd never really seven tens to me are not upsets. They're both power conference teams. Okay, uh, but this is the first game uh, on air tomorrow, and it's. Uh, I just thought the matchup was kind of funny. All so right. go to the West. We already talked about the five twelve uh, Marquette Murray State, uh, the uh, six seed Buffalo, which has ties to uh, UW Whitewater, and then we don't know what the eleven seed as of right now. This recording Arizona State or St. John's. Um, there's some history also there with uh, Hurley and uh, Mullen. He talked about it. I played a cut uh, this morning. He was he f- was familiar with them at the um, at the Olympic uh, tryouts and stuff like that. So he's gotten to know the Hurley family fairly well. So that should be entertaining tonight. And then whoever wins takes on the Bulls. Yeah, uh, in '92 for the Dream Team, um, the college All Star team that went and played the Dream Team. Bobby Hurley was the point guard on those guys when they quote-unquote, beat, beat the dream team yeah. in, in one of those scrimmages. And uh, Bobby Hurley also was the Buffalo coach before he had the Arizona State job. So okay. there's a little bit, again, the committee likes to do that. They they kind of set that up. Tonight's game will be interesting between Arizona State and St. John's. Um, I, I still like Buffalo to win against either one of them. Um, I, I think they have a really nice team. Okay. And uh, and then the seven ten Nevada Florida. Did Florida make it to the SEC title game? Or did they no. go go to the semis? Semis. And they lost to Auburn. And they lost a ton of close games this year. Okay. I think their record's like nineteen and fourteen, but they could easily be twenty six and seven. And now you've got a mid major. Yep. And you're playing against a Nevada team who was ranked in the top ten yes. for a majority of the year and have really kind of slipped here late. Okay. So, um, like I like I said, not really an upset, but. Um, I like. I definitely like Florida, Florida in that game. All right, South Region. We talked about the five and the twelve. Wisconsin and Oregon. The uh, opposite matchup. Winner will take on uh, the four Kansas State or the thirteen UC Irvine. The Anteaters. This is the region I think could be straight chaos. Um, Virginia is the one seed. We've already seen them gag early. Yes. Um, you've got uh, a two seed in Tennessee who has not proven anything. Uh, as a program, really. I mean, they had a couple of nice years when Bruce Pearl was there six, eight years ago, but Rick Barnes there now. He's another one of these coaches. He was at Texas for years. Yep. He made one Final Four when they had TJ Ford, but other than that, perennial underachievers. Um, so he got Purdue's the three seed. 
I mean, I, I understand they tied and won the Big Ten. I personally thought the Big Ten was mediocre. I think they had, a, I think like the Big East, they had some good teams. I think Michigan State's very good, and Michigan can be very good. After that, I don't think anybody's particularly great. Okay. Um, and then Kansas State, UC Irvine. Kansas State's best guy's banged up. He's in a boot. They don't know if he's going to play. If he does, he's not going to be 100%. Um, UC Irvine, I believe they won about 30 games this year. Wow. And um, actually, they have a little bit of a local tie. Karan Butler's son, uh, J.C. Butler, who played over in uh, Racine last year, he's on UC Irvine. Okay. Uh, I don't think he plays much. He's a freshman. But, um, yeah, UC Irvine over K-State, Old Dominion over Purdue in the first round. I like both of those All as right. upsets. And uh, Cincinnati over Tennessee in the second round. Um Will be played in Columbus, Ohio. So Cincinnati is going to have a big time mm-hmm. home court advantage. Uh, Cincinnati's got a tough first round game, uh, but if they got past that one, look for uh, them to possibly knock off the Vols. Okay, let's go to the Midwest region. Five twelve, Auburn and New Mexico State. Now Auburn played pretty well in the SEC tournament. They're uh, they're a typical Bruce Pearl team. They chuck threes. When they go in, they look like the Warriors. When they don't go in, they look like crap. <laughs> and they and against Tennessee the other day in the SEC title game, they were on fire and they looked amazing. Um, I don't think that that's going to happen. New Mexico's another one of these teams that's won thirty games. And uh, Seth Davis did say this on on the show the other day, and I do agree. Teams that win like that, I don't care what league you're in, you're good. Okay. You know, if you win 30 games in college regular season, you're good. That's mm-hmm. a good team. So that's a that's a possible upset there. Iowa State and Ohio State, the six against the eleven. Cyclones won the Big Twelve tournament. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty impressive. But they're and, a, they've been a good tournament team the last few years. Okay, um, but you wouldn't be putting this on here if this wasn't a dicey well, matchup. I, I, I think Iowa State will win the game. Um, but Ohio State, they're going to be Big Ten tough, and they're going to have athletes. And again, I think this is one of those teams that getting out of that meat grinder in the Big Ten can help them. Um, you know, we saw them against the Badgers a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. have that big comeback. Yeah. Um, so it's there. They just have kind of struggled to put it together. So if you wanted to take a flyer on a power conference double seated, double digit seated team. Ohio State might be the way to go. Okay, and then finally, we, you and I, pay attention to Wofford because it's they have a, a kid from Middleton uh, who we saw for uh, a couple of years before he went to play for the Terriers. But I mean, a mid-major who did very, very well during the season finally got into the top twenty-five for the first time in school history. Now they get a Seton Hall team as a ten seed, and the Pirates played. A lot of good teams really tough and managed to get some victories. I do not like this matchup for Watford. Um, Seton Hall is big, physical, athletic, and they have a guy in Miles Powell who can score with anybody in the country. Now, Watford has an amazing kid that's a three-point shooter. I think he's second all-time in the in uh, college basketball history in makes. Um we watched them in their conference championship game. It kind of turned into a brawl a little bit, mm-hmm, a very, yeah, very, very physical game, which was impressive. But you know, just a little different caliber of athlete with these Seton Hall guys. Um, I watched them quite a bit, obviously uh, following the Big East. Um, I look for them to press and be very, very physical with Wofford's guard. So 
Um, you know, if they, if if Wofford can get off and get hot from the three point line, they got a shot. But you know, if it turns into a half court physical game, I think you got to give the edge to Seton Hall. All right. That is what time are first games tomorrow? Like ten forty Central Time, something like that. Uh, I, I think, think first it, games around eleven thirty ish, eleven twenty ish here. Okay, um, all right. So you're going to be, but by eleven twenty in Vegas, I, I'll be under the table, <laughs> <laughs> either with joy or with yeah with pain. With misery. Can we go home yet? Because I might, we? I might have to put I, the first game of the day. I know uh, tomorrow is the Minnesota Louisville game. Okay, so I may have to. Uh, Put a buck or two on that one right. to kind of just test the waters and see how I do. All right, before we get to our uh, uh, your top five, let's go to uh, Brewers. One week till opening day. Yep. Um, God, that's crazy. I know. There's, There's a game today. Yes, there was. And then they go back playing spring training. That is the weirdest it's thing It's the dumbest ever. thing I've ever heard of. Hey, this one's going to count. Now you can go back to practicing. What? I mean, I understand I, they they did it for the travel I'm reasons. Fine. And if you want to, if the Mariners want to play there because of Ichiro, right? Totally get it. They took him out in the fourth inning, I think. It's and just he was, weird. Domingo Santana came up big. Thing I got a text from one of my buddies, and he goes, "Domingo Santana hit a grand slam in the first game of the MLB season today." Like, and I'm like, and I looked at my first phone. Game. I'm like, it's March twentieth. The hell are you talking about? And then I looked, and I'm like, oh my god, yeah, they're playing real games yep. today. Once, but that's it. Now they're back to wow. It doesn't, yeah. But um, athletic report came out on uh, Tuesday night that the Brewers just kind of contacted the agent for Craig Kimbrell. Uh, I saw that he wanted a six-year, hundred million dollar deal in the offseason. Clearly, if he's still out there and he's sticking to that, nobody's even come close. But I, just, I think I saw Hodricourt. I think it was him, or maybe it was Rosie. I can't remember which one. But said that maybe they're going to talk to him about you know a Yasmani Grandal or a Mustakis type. Mm-hmm. Hey, we'll give you ten or twelve million for one year, mm-hmm. and come and and see what you could do for us. It's very interesting. That um, had me really excited. Yeah, I mean, it, just about it, the prospect of it's, it. It's very interesting, and it it highlights what we've talked about for the last couple of weeks about the state of free agency in baseball, and kind of the you know nobody's going to give a closer a hundred million dollars. It's just not going to happen. Uh, unless it's like a 12-year deal and I'm paying you $8 million a year. But you're not going to pay a closer, a guy that pitches to three people a night, not even a night. Not even a night. Every fourth night or third night on a good team. You're not going to give that guy $20, 25000000 million a year. It just doesn't make any mm-hmm. sense. Um, Braun had some comments in the paper today that I, that I thought were interesting. Um, they're very excited that they're even in the mix. Mm-hmm. And it just, you know, he talked about it a little bit. It shows how far the Brewers have come. You know, Atanasio now, I think he's on the team about 15 years. And, uh, you know, it it really shows that he is one of the guys in baseball that's willing to take his revenue that he makes yes. and invest it back into the yes, roster. absolutely. Not just the team, because the Brewers for the last decade have done a good job at, of, of reinvesting things at Miller Park. And now and, they and just... upgrading things there. And now they just did the, the, the spring training facility. Yes, and they just did that. When you're seeing it go to the actual roster, and like you said, Grandal, eighteen million for a year, Mustakis, I think ten or 10, twelve yeah. for a year. There I think they're at 125 million yes. for the payroll that's right now, which is the highest ever. Yes. Twelve or fifteen for Kimbrell for one year gets you up to one forty. I think he could swallow that for a year if you made the playoffs again and and 
you know, got another seven games of playoff revenue, home game revenue. Well, not to mention those games down the stretch that are sold out. Well, not only that, but I mean, just the possibilities. That I mean, the bullpen's one of your strong has been one of your strongest things. It's probably going to continue, but you've got Jeffress that probably won't start. I think Council said that Jeffress not going to start on the opening day roster, right. just like Jimmy Nelson. So now you've got one of those guys, and can he regain the arm strength? You hope so. So now you got a little bit of a hole, but you add him in there. And now you've got an even stronger bullpen. If you need a starter to get a rest, you get a bullpen day. I mean, somebody that, I, I don't know. The it's, only concern I have baseball-wise is you, if you bring in a guy like Kimbrell on a one-year deal, he's expecting to be the closer. Right. And now you've got Knable. Yeah, so now you have to, you have to, and by all accounts, I, I would imagine it would be fine. But you have to say to Knable, Listen. look, we know that you haven't gotten your big deal yet. You know, you got a little bit of a raise this year, but, um, you know, we're going to slot you into that eight spot. You and JJ, you're going to, I mean, if you're yeah. going, if you're going Hader, Jeffress, Knable, and Kimbrell, all of a sudden, I mean, I, I don't really worry about my starting rotation because they only got to go five right. or four and a half. Yes. Just get me there. You know? Yes. And Braun said in that same article, um, Woodruff and Peralta have been great. Um, they have really improved from last year. That's a very encouraging sign. Don't know if those guys are both going to be in the rotation to start, but we'll see. Um, they released Tomlin today, uh, but it sounds like he may be back May may take a triple A assignment if, okay. if he's if if there's nothing else for it's him a out there. Good guy so to have down there. It's good depth. Yep. You know. Um. But the the thing that got me kind of laughing today. So the Brewers have 125 million dollar payroll. They're the smallest market in baseball, and they're talking to uh, uh, to Kimbrel and let's say they give him a 15 million dollar deal or whatever, or or 15 million for one year. Mm-hmm. How pissed off are you if you're a Cub fan? Today? Probably very, because you've had your owner say that there's no money left. You have a billionaire owner. Yep. You have the third probably most popular and profitable franchise in all of baseball. You've done the upgrades to the stadium. You've done all that stuff. You've created an area around there that is supposed to bring, funnel money in by way of the team. But you're not going to spend any money? Nothing. Like, I'm not saying you needed to sign Harper. Or Machado, but like your closer is Pedro Strope. Like why? Why are you not talking? It to is Kimbrough? now because Morrow's hurt. Yeah, but why are you not talking to Kimbrel? Seriously, um, like the Cubs couldn't give him twenty there, for a year. He said there's no money. He uh, said it. Yeah, that's embarrassing. Well, that's what he said. Yeah, I don't. Well, no, that's what he said. And Robert Kraft also said he's innocent. So. <laughs> I don't trust right. I don't trust billionaire no, owners these days. Brewers apparently did something <laughs> awesome. I've never seen Mean Girls, so I, haven't I don't either. know what I haven't either. I haven't watched the video because I have no frame of reference. Is it good? Uh, Is there good acting? Is it all right? It's all right. Okay. I mean Suter's kind of the star because he's the biggest goon of the of the team. Okay. Um but yes, I have never seen Mean Girls either, but everybody that has seen it has said, said that this it's is pretty excellent. pretty spot on. Okay. So it's kind of the it's the new dumb and dumber, you know. Right. Like they did last year, so I like it. I like that the fact that they're doing this stuff. Did you happen to see the video they had of um, Manny Pena singing "Hotel California" in the locker room? No, but I saw him at the good table. Lord. Is it good? <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's horrifically bad. It's broken English singing a forty-five-year-old song that he doesn't know the words to. 
And I heard that that is now his new walk-up music. Stop it. Yeah, yeah. I heard that. So well, we're not going to hear that that much, at least well, this year. A couple with, times a week. Well, go on Sundays. He'll play on Sundays. We'll, we'll see. That's when they trot the B team out. <laughs> right. Everybody Spangenberg. Needs rest. That's right. <laughs> I was asked today to look at Saladino's MVP odds um, in Vegas. What? <laughs> no. Gajillion to one. Oh, my God. I'll put a buck on it. All right. Uh, let's get to, we finally have a top five after weeks of not having one. We have one. You have your top five memorable March Madness moments. Take it away. Yeah, none of them are too recent. Um, I didn't want to get caught up in the recency bias, so they're they're more of more from the 90s, early 2000s when we were a little bit younger. Um, I got five, and I got a couple honorable mentions. Um, number five, 2008 Steph Curry. Okay. Um, when Davidson went on that run, mm-hmm. got all the way to the Elite Eight. Um, that the year they beat, they beat, knocked out they, Wisconsin? They beat Gonzaga, they okay. beat Georgetown, then they beat the Badgers okay. up at the Metrodome, I believe, okay. uh, with LeBron James cheering him on. Little did he know. <laughs> and then uh, they ended up losing by, like I think, two or four to Kansas, who ended up going on to win the national championship. And that was kind of Steph's coming out party that year. He was a junior. He went back to school for one more year. Okay. but. Um, that was a pretty pretty fun one. Uh, number four, uh, UWM's run in 2005. Yes, good, good get. Um, yep, they knocked off Alabama and Boston College. Uh, Jared Dudley, a f- former Buck, was on that Boston College team. Ended up losing to Illinois in the Sweet 16, who ended up losing in the national title game. Uh, but, man, you know, it was really, really fun for me because a lot of those guys on that team I played against mm-hmm. and played with. Uh, in high school, um, you know, James Wright, Dan Weiss, Jason Frederick, a lot of those guys that were on that team. So uh, that was a lot of fun for me to watch. Okay. Number three, um, 1994, first round, uh, UW-Green Bay knocks out Cal. Uh, ben Berlowski from Janesville was on that team, and uh, they knocked Jason Kidd out in the first round. The Dick Bennett? Yeah, it was a Dick Bennett team. Yeah. Was- no, uh, no, that was not a Dick Bennett okay. team. That was a Mike Heideman team. Okay, because yeah. I, I, the only story that I know of with Bennett from UWGB was when they pulled in and they didn't have a hotel come or they were at a really bad hotel or something for like the start of it. And then all of a sudden they beat somebody and they were immediately <laughs> upgraded to like some really nice place. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, oh, so this is what happens when we actually right. start playing well. Right, right. So, okay. All right, go ahead. Sorry. Um, number two, uh, 2003 Marquette's Final Four run. And uh, most specifically, the regional final game against Kentucky when mm-hmm. uh, Dwayne Wade went nuts and had a triple double. Set up at the dome? I think it was, isn't it? I think I it thought, was. I thought yeah. it was because yeah. I thought a couple people that I knew made that trip. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and that that was that was pretty cool, and it was very unexpected actually mm-hmm. at the time. Uh, number one for me was very easy. Um, Nineteen ninety two East Regional Final. Uh, greatest college basketball game I've ever seen. Duke Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leitner, Leitner hits the shot yep. at the buzzer. Yep. Um, 1992. It was my. We were having my 11th birthday party at Aladdin's Castle, and uh, my Good dad one. at the time was the manager of the mall, and he we went in and watched the end of this game on the TV in his office, and it's about you know 10 or 12 little 11 year olds just losing Screaming. their mind. And, yep, and uh, that was that was pretty awesome. Nice. Um, couple honorable mentions Absolutely. I got. Uh, the famous Chris Webber timeout. Yeah. 93 national championship game. 
which we sh- saw shades of this year yes. in high school basketball. Um, 1996 first round was UW Green Bay against Virginia Tech, which was actually three local guys. It was Ben Berlowski on oh, Green Bay, yep. and you had Jim ja- and Dave Jackson yep. on uh, Virginia sure. Tech. Yep. I remember all of our uh, my high school coaches all went down they to the go game. Off to the and, game, yeah, right. And uh, that that was very cool. Um, <clears throat> there was a couple other ones, you know. The Badgers made a couple Final Four runs. Yeah. I didn't put on there because the the first one was, bleh, and then the other ones were kind of expected. So you know, for me, not being a Badger fan, they weren't that much of a the year they beat thing. Kentucky and then and then lost to yeah, Duke in the, the in the final. Um, you know, Green Bay had a couple. Uh, I think it was 1991 when Dick was still the coach. His son, Tony, was the best player. They played Michigan State and I believe lost at the buzzer in the first round. Um, But what I I almost put on there, but it was a little broad, uh, the 1994 NCAA tournament, uh, people might not remember this as well, but, you know, everybody in the state of Wisconsin kind of gives Bo Ryan and to a little bit lesser extent, Dick Bennett kind of credit for, you know, kind of turning the state of Wisconsin from the prep level all the way to the college level into kind of a, I don't want to call it like a national power, but we're, we're, we're on the map it's now. It's a little more recognition, at least. Say, oh, they're playing good basketball over definitely, here. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Right, okay. Um, but there's a couple guys that get left out, and the 94 tournament kind of crystallized that. Um, people forget Stu Jackson was the Badger coach that turned the program around. Mm-hmm. Um, he recruited Tracy Webster. He recruited Richard Griffith. He kind of he went into Chicago, into the inner city, and and pulled a couple of these guys out. Um, Badgers made the tournament ninety four and won in the first round, which is the first time that had happened since nineteen forty seven. Oh my god! And since ninety four, I think they've only missed the tournament like twice. Um, so Stu, he was only there for two years because Bo um, missed it his first year. Yep, and then they just missed it last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think they missed it uh, the year after Stu Jackson left when Van Gundy took over. Okay. I don't believe they made it. but okay. um, So there was that. Uh, 94, obviously, again, the Green Bay knocking off Cal. And then uh, the other guy that kind of gets left out of the conversation is Kevin O'Neill uh, at Marquette. Um, was hired in 1990, and the first thing that he did, he recruited the three best guys in the state. Jim McElvain from Racine, uh, Damon Key from Milwaukee Marquette, and Rob Lagerman from Janesville. Those guys were all seniors in 94. Marquette made it to the Sweet 16 for the first time in like 15 years and uh, end up losing to Duke and Grant Hill in the Sweet 16. But um, that year was that was kind of the year in the state that everything kind of started to change. Um, you know, the Badger program got out of the basement of the Big Ten. They were no longer, you know, hanging out with Northwestern down there. <laughs> they they kind of moved up. You had a guy in Michael Finley who was a who was a star. Yes. He was a college star and yep. he went on to be an NBA star. Um, you know, and and for Marquette, it really was the beginning of building something in the '90s that turned into Dwayne Wade, Travis Diener, Steve Novak, and that crew going down the line. So. Um, Kind of, it was kind of fun to look back. I went on college basketball reference and just was kind of clicking around on some of the old tournaments today, trying to look for stuff, and and that one kind of popped out for me. I had to go back onto the Badger individual school page mm-hmm. to see because I I knew it had been a long time before that year that they had been in the tournament, but yeah, nineteen forty seven. That was whew, what, 30, I, what was that thirty forty seven years? I learned Man. something this week about who first called it the Big Dance. Did you do you know this? I don't. I don't. Apparently, it was Al McGuire. That doesn't surprise me. 
And I he, thought he I should have known a, that. Kind of a guy that liked to coin a lot of phrases. And I just thought it was really because somebody asked me that this week, and I, I mean, I, I have no idea. Al, Al also said that if he came to recruit you, and you had grass in your front yard, he didn't want you. Really? That's where the, the old Marquette cracked sidewalks. Uh, <laughs> mantra kind of came from. He wanted the inner city guys. He didn't want no uh, no funny. soft soft suburban kids. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. All right, that is the tournament edition. Have fun in Vegas, yeah, man. I hope you have yeah. a good time. Appreciate I hope you remember it. some things. Wish me uh, everybody. Safe. Wish me luck and bring uh, back some piles of money that you can disperse yeah. among the dozens of. I will be handing it listeners. out. Listeners, I'll, I'll be like Nino Brown in uh, New Jack City handing out turkeys. <laughs> Just giving it up. <laughs> Oh, man. That's, I will not be doing that. No, I don't. Not a chance. That's fine. I'll be lucky to come home with my shoes. <laughs> That's the intentional foul for this week. Enjoy the tournament. You can follow us on Twitter, a podcast foul. Uh, me, at Josh Goldberg. I'm uh, at Dan Saunders 104. There you go. Um, we'll be back next week with another edition and see how our brackets uh, are doing. Other than that, just enjoy yourself, man. I'm, go, I'm really happy for you, yes. Go Bucks. Yes. Go Golden Eagles. Okay. And what the hell? Go Badgers. Wow! It's a good place to leave it. Have a great tournament, and we'll be days away from Major League Baseball next time we are behind the microphones. Adios. Subscribe wherever podcasts are, follow, are, are, are found. This is the Intentional Foul. We will talk to you next time. Peace.